0: Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Yes, yes. Welcome in to Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you for an hour of midday radio excellence. That's what the critics say. Is that what we say. You look rugged today. Do I? I, I, I mean, I, 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 you're not in the same studio with us on TMA. That's right. I really haven't seen you. But you're looking rugged. You like this shirt? Kind of have a grunge look? Seattle 92 maybe, or is it 91?
3: Sounds right. Mm-hmm. I uh, I like this shirt because it doubles as both a shirt and a jacket. It's perfect for, you know, changing climates. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I really like this little number. It is a nice number.
1: Yeah, I like a, yeah a little grunge
3: look. What's, what's your shirt say, boy? It's a Shakira t-shirt. Oh, boy. Yeah, these hips don't lie, baby.
2: Wow. I wasn't expecting that.
3: The queen of Latin music.
2: So you own a Sleepless in Seattle t-shirt, which Mm -hmm. you wore to the Chandelier Bar at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. That's right. You own a Shakira t-shirt, which you're sporting here today on 101 ESPN. What other shirts that some, not me, but some might be surprised by, do you own?
3: Man, that's a good question there, Tim. Thank you. Uh, I own multiple shirts that say written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Of course, you know, my favorite filmmaker. Right. Um, outside of that, most of my T-shirts are pretty standard, but this is, I, I really like Shakira. I like the shirt and uh, I'm unapologetically me. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Let's so you don't, you don't care what they might say in the Air Comfort Service text line?
3: No, I don't think that's a fun way to live. I certainly don't think it's a fun way to live to care what the text line thinks, but just people in general. What about the YouTube chat? More so, but still, not a very happy life you're probably leading, if that's your North Star of the choices you make.
2: Uh, Daddy B. cooking entered the YouTube chat this morning and said, hey, pigs. What's up? Is that how they greet each other in there?
3: <laughs> I thought they were talking to us. Preston Stork wants to know what the hell Jackson's wearing. Uh, shirt, uh, like this kind of like overshirt, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Grunge look, you're not wrong there. And then, yeah, my Shakira t-shirt. I'm on tonight. Wyclef. Don't like, yeah. Was he at the black and white ball? He was, yeah. Wyclef Jean. Yes. She also had the. She made the song for the 2010 World Cup called Waka Waka. Incredible. Watch that video if you have time today. The wow. Waka I, you Waka know video. what?
2: If you would have given me odds on Shakira mentions on today's show, I would have gone, what is it? I mean, plus 10,000?
3: Might have been higher than that, plus a hundred thousand. But this is like betting on a on a sports game on a Tuesday when it's played on a Sunday. Because if you would have seen me wearing the t- Shakira T shirt moments before the show started, the likelihood would have skyrocketed. Sure, just like weather I didn't popping see it. up. See,
2: I just saw that there. It looked like some kind of like I figured it was a film because you wore that Sleepless in Seattle T shirt. That's the, right. The Chandelier Bar, and then I see, I see Shakira there.
3: That's right. Yeah. Did you,
2: you had a big date on Friday. Did you wear the Shakira shirt? No, the I actually wore
3: this over shirt. And it went well. Went great. I didn't wear the Shakira t shirt. Okay. I just wore a white tee.
2: He looks like he is still overcoming his emo high school stage. It's okay, Jackson. You will get there eventually. That's from
3: Preston Stork. I, I, this shirt, like, people wear these kinds of shirts. I don't understand why that's causing any. The Shakira shirt, I understand some questions behind it. Um, I don't care. Again, the queen of Latin music. Right. But uh, the, the shirt, the overshirt itself is just a, I got a Nordstrom rack, you know?
2: Uh, that's kind of a brag. That's yeah. unrelatable. Yeah.
3: No free ads, also. Thank you. Jackson, uh, John Denton is going to join us today. Is that, that correct? That's the plan. That's the plan. These winter meetings.
0: Eh.
2: <laughs> I mean, what in the hell? I was I was thinking that, but then at the same time, since the Cardinals hadn't done anything, I thought, well, maybe things have gone on, but it strikes me as nothing has gone on. And then within like an hour of each other, Ken Rosenthal and Buster Olney wrote columns just, I don't want to say just going off, because that wouldn't be fair, because I think both those guys are responsible and not like Orlowski. But you know conveying their frustration with the winter meetings and i think at the root of it is their frustration with the fact that shohei otani and his agent are handling everything away from nashville and also my theory is otani not making a decision yet is holding up all of the other moves and so this is their super bowl and they are frustrated they aren't able to play their game and so they vented last night on their respective platforms only on ESPN and Rosenthal on uh, The Athletic. Uh, So that is the way I think at this moment the winter meetings would be summarized. Incredibly boring. Now, what Rosenthal's premise is baseball should put some kind of deadline in place so that baseball owns the headlines at a time where there are headlines to be owned. You know, wait for you know, what was everybody talking about on Monday?
3: The college football player yes, selection.
2: That's correct. You got a little town. You got a little downtime. Yep. take advantage of it, and now you know. Say okay, free agency here deadline, and then it forces action like your association does, yep. where people are buzzing about the association in the off season because of free agency in baseball and Otani, as I think only called him. The biggest star in Major League Baseball, as far as global goes, uh, since Babe Ruth. Although I don't know what kind of Babe Ruth you know branding there was <laughs> in the 1920s, but maybe there was. I don't know. Right. But uh, that the the baseball and Otani are, are missing out here.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and you know it's interesting because you look at who's in the mix for Otani, and it's all the big names like, you talk Dodgers, you talk some other, just Matt, like, Braves, you talk about some big-name teams with a lot of money to spend, and so the second Otani does get signed, and it seems like it's going to happen just out of nowhere, based on uh, what we've heard so far, and then after that it's going to be absolute musical chairs, so yes, yeah,
2: I think it'll be a flood, then, if this yeah, is the domino.
3: Right, and so, I guess if ball riders, and honestly, probably Major League Baseball as well, because they've had their druthers, it would have happened on, like, day one of the winter meetings, Otani signs with insert team name here and then the winter meetings are just full left and right of scoops and players going here and players going there but unfortunately Otani and you gotta respect him and his wishes you know kind of keep things secret or keep it away from the winter meetings itself that's his life and he's obviously gonna be signing generational money but baseball already having trouble enough marketing their stars has their biggest star doing everything kind of hush hush
2: and that is where they are Coming from with their frustration. Uh, I would imagine that if the Cardinals had not gone out and signed Gray last week in particular, and then the supplemental pieces of Gibson and Lynn, that they would be getting concerned because time is passing. And nothing would have taken place. But for the Cardinals, since they did uh, tend to their business with the rotation last week, I would imagine they're in a more comfortable spot than other organizations who are planning on trying to get Shoei Otani. So with that all said, uh, we have that. Also, the Ford C. Frick Award is going to be announced uh, in a matter of moments. And John Denton, do do we have an announcement yet? I mean, like, literally... I have not
3: seen anything not, I haven't yet. seen it either. I've been refreshing Twitter and I okay. have not seen
2: anything right. quite yet. So Denton is going to join us at 10:15, but if that comes out uh like in the next moment, then uh, he'll probably be more, more like at 10:30. Uh Joe Buck is nominated. Um Gary Cohn is nominated. Mike Kruko, Dwayne Kuiper. you went through the list of nominees on yeah. TMA. Ernie
3: Johnson Sr. Ernie Johnson Sr. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: I mean, Joe will be in. It's just a matter of when. I don't know if it'll be this year, because nobody's going to have more accomplishment than somebody who's called as many World Series as he has. It's just a matter of how they prioritize, and I don't know how they prioritize with that award. I don't know if they go, okay, this person is now you know, older. We want to make sure they get in. Then that could change things. Joe is, you know, still, I think, 54 years old. So it's a different set of circumstances. So either way, we will be monitoring that. John Denton, we have Wide Birth Wednesday, Little Piddles, Half and Half. All these things coming your way. It's Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back. John Denton going to join us here in a matter of moments live from baseball's winter meetings. Some college football breaking news. Uh, not necessarily something at the forefront, but just kind of a story that people still, I think, or have a little fire uh, about. And that is the college football playoff. And one of the things that people... We'll be monitoring is what takes place between Georgia and Florida State, and then we'll go results-oriented, and no matter what. Well, see, Georgia, I mean, beat the Florida State. So Florida State, obviously, Florida State beat Georgia. Obviously, Florida State should be in. Uh, Johnny Wilson, who is uh, one of the top wide receivers on Florida State, he is uh, projected as uh, an NFL draft pick, and the top 100 pick uh, has announced he is leaving Florida State. And uh, we'll be going into the NFL and will not be playing in the Orange Bowl. So I bring this up because what will become, and I guess, oh no, we'll be on the air the next day, so I'll be talking about this thing that will take place inevitably with that game in particular the Florida State-Georgia game, no matter what happens, see so-and-so should have...
3: Right. Oh, yeah. You can spell it coming from... You are not
2: going to see the Florida State of November against the Georgia of November. You're going to see Florida State of August 2024 against Georgia 2024. Uh, It's more like a preseason game for next year's Uh, Experience. Maybe the one exception is going to be the 2023 Missouri Tigers against the August 2024 (laughs) Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, John Denton is joining us live from baseball's winter meetings. And John, the story that I'm getting from national writers of the winter meetings to date is the frustration of the lack of stories of the winter meetings so far. What is your impression?
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's a big domino, Shohei Watani who's kind of holding everything up. And, you know, it, it seems like until he signs that nothing's going to happen. You know, yeah. Yamamoto's not going to sign before Shohei does. Uh, Josh Hader's probably not going to sign until, you know, the big thing falls. Blake Schell's probably not going to – Snell's not going to know where he's going until, you know, Shohei lands somewhere. So there are a bunch of teams who want Shohei, and if they don't get him – you know, like the Giants and and the Mets and the Yankees. If they don't go get them, then that's going to drive up Yamamoto's value. And you know, there's a rumor going around that originally Yamamoto, they thought he would get 200 million. Now it sounds like he may get 280, 300 million. So. Uh, until that big domino falls, then I think you know all the other pieces won't won't fall into place until until Shohei goes somewhere.
2: And uh, that that stands to reason because if you're Yamamoto and if you're Hater and if you're Snell, you want those bidders to be bidding on your guy. And if they're waiting on Otani, then they're not active in your process. So I understand that uh, from the Cardinal perspective. Uh, How much of that domino effect impacts not necessarily free agency, although I know that there may be interest in free agency solutions for the bullpen, but potentially the trades that they may be wanting to make, can those be intertwined?
1: Yeah, you know, they're having lots of trade talks, they're they're talking with a lot of teams, but... You know, like the the Giants don't want to do anything until they know where Otani's going, the Mets, the the Yankees, you know, that sort of thing. So it does hold up some of that. But, you know, I, I do think that, you know, they're still having talks with uh, lots of relievers, you know. Uh, Phil Maton, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Phil Maton, you know, it, he's not going to decide. It, it, he doesn't need Shohei to sign for him to go somewhere. Uh, you know, some of these seventh inning, sixth inning relievers, they're going to take the best deal they can get right away. You know, it doesn't. They, they don't have to wait on the big fish. And you know, the Cardinals have sat down with a lot of agents and players this week uh, of prospective bullpen guys that they're looking for. Uh, you know, I know Cardinal fans want another starting pitcher. You know, everybody believes that they need another starting pitcher, including myself. But I just don't know how realistic that is. They they're, they seem to be really focused right now on their on fortifying their bullpen. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that, that was my next question, and uh, that is something that Jackson and I wagered on, that the five who the Cardinals would have penciled into their rotation right now, I wagered Jackson that that will not be the five the Cardinals have in the rotation on opening day, therefore operating on the premise, John, that there will be some kind of acquisition. Um, what are your thoughts on that at this moment?
1: Well, you know, Steven Matz could be hurt by then. So that, you got to Yeah, technicality, that. technicality. <laughs> technicality <laughs> there. Uh, you know, I, I would tend to go the other way. I, I don't, uh, you know, with the five that they have in position right now, I think they're good enough to win the NL Central. I don't think they're good enough to compete with Philly. I don't think they're good enough to compete with the Dodger team, with Shohei. Uh, you know, I don't know that they're good enough to compete with the Braves team. Um, I, I really think that, you know, I, I know this is, going to make cardinal fans mad but i really think they're throttling down they think they have their starting pitching um you know and they're going to focus they're focusing on the bullpen right now they're they're trying to you know get the bullpen up to speed get it back to where it needs to be and i think they want to try to take their chances for the first 75 80 games with with this pitching staff and and see if they're good enough and maybe that leaves wiggle room at the trade deadline or to you know to add a piece mid-season but I just get the sense that there's there's contentment now with you know the starting pitching that they have in place. God,
2: I feel like this is becoming more of a December tradition than Christmas. Hmm. We'll talk about the trade <laughs> deadline and be free of the trade deadline, sweet mother wow. of mercy. Well, let me ask this this <laughs> question because with the Cubs spending the money they spent on Craig Council. I can't imagine that they're just going, yeah, the team that we have is the team that we're going to field. You spend that kind of money on a manager. I don't think they're throttling down, so to speak. Uh, So therefore, do you think, and I realize this is probably a 100% opinion question, unless somehow somebody with the Cardinals has commented on it, but do you think if the Cubs went and got take your pick of whatever big name certainly Otani would be mm-hmm. in that category of course uh, that that would then have a cause and effect impact on the Cardinals
1: I, I think it would you know I, I think you would have to you know if, if the Cubs go sign Blake Snell or somehow end up with Otani, like, that would have to move your meter that would have to let you know that you're going to have to be even better but you know I, I just get the sense you know I, I know everybody out there hoping they're still in the uh, Yamamoto you know, sweepstakes. That's or right, set, that's right. Know, they, could get, they could get cease or, or glass now, but I just get a sense from, from John Mozeliak that he's really happy with the three pitchers they signed before the winter meetings, and they're going to give it a go with this. You know, maybe it's a smokescreen. Maybe it's a, a total smokescreen, and, and we're getting it wrong, but I just sense from them right now that there's that they're content with the five starters they have in place.
2: Boy, oh boy. i got to tell you, I'm not happy to hear this. Uh, John Denton with us here on 101 ESPN. He is live at baseball's winter meetings. I teased this, and I heard you explaining it to Jackson during uh, the commercial break as we were getting ready to come back. Uh, people are interested in the Ford C. Frick Award Day because Joe Buck is one of the finalists, and I was under the impression that it might get announced potentially during our show but uh, what is the status of the announcement of the winner of that uh, hall of fame spot
1: yeah originally it was on the schedule here to happen at 9 a.m but there was a there was a breakfast that we just yeah, i was at breakfast with ali Marmal, All uh, the all the same media had breakfast this morning with him so i think it got pushed back and what i was told there's going to be a press release that comes out at 11 a.m so you know we should know whether whether joe buck is Entering the Hall of Fame and, and winning the same award that his, you know, prestigious father won years ago, and uh, you know, as, as a longtime Joe Buck fan and, and somebody who does not understand the Joe Buck hate, I'm really hoping he gets in. I, I've always admired Joe, and I mean, if you're the number one national broadcaster in football. Uh, baseball and then even the shortstop is the golf number one guy. Like yeah. you're you're pretty good. So I've never understood the the hate, especially in St. Louis for for Joe Buck. He's 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 the best there is in the business. Yeah,
2: he is, uh, and he's he's a, he really truly is a first class person. I can't say enough positive things about who he is away from the microphone, much less his talent on. And uh, because we were discussing this on TMA earlier today, Jackson, is it correct that there are only two people in both? the pro football hall of fame which joe is already a member of and the baseball hall of fame that is that is literally the truth that that is in broadcaster specific that is the there's
3: only one player and it's cal hubbard wow i so mm-hmm. want that player. <laughs> cal
2: hubbard is the only player to who is players. a missouri native yeah. so if you are writing yeah. about this uh in the next few hours uh john there you go uh, <laughs> uh, a rare time go. where this show has contributed actual information i would check to make sure it's accurate though before you use it
1: Okay, all right, good. Uh, any, any help I can get, I'll
2: take it. Yeah, that is a, that's quite a fun fact. So that's another Missourian uh, who who uh, is the only other person to be in both a pro football and baseball. It's, and it's a matter of time for Joe. It's just a matter of will it be this year. Uh, the Cardinals have certainly operated, John, in a different matter of strategy. If you're talking about a smokescreen on starting pitching they also are doing something that is inconsistent with pattern of past practice when it comes to being outward with the Tyler O'Neill talk. That is not the way they usually have handled a trade, to just be so open with somebody being on the market. Um, What are your thoughts on on that? And I'm talking about not just the trade and what could possibly be coming back in return, but also the Cardinals being open with the fact that they are looking to trade Tyler O'Neill.
1: Yeah, you know, usually before you can even get a sentence out of your mouth, Mo kind of interjects and, and cuts you off and says, I'm not talking about specific players. I'm not naming names. I'm not doing that. Well, you know, he goes on the MLB radio and named, not only does he talk about Tyler specifically, but he names him by name. And, you know, we were all kind of taken aback by that. And and Mo couched it as, well, you know, everybody knows this is happening. Everybody knows he's we've, we've got to trade him and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's I've gotten a lot of uh, information from the background that it's uglier than we realize, that there's a lot of acrimony. Uh, you know, Tyler undoubtedly views himself as an everyday player. The Cardinals think he's an everyday player, but he's not going to be an everyday player for them. And, you know, this thing has is, is, is really festered behind the scenes. Uh, the the thing that happened early in the season, you know, that's kind of been simmering below the surface between Ollie and and, and Tyler and you know, it's 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 to the point where both sides need a, a fresh start and uh there is a lot of uh you know, kind of bad blood on, on both sides. They've both remained professional through it and and it, it was shocking that they named him by name, but I think it's very obvious to everyone that they need to trade Tyler O'Neill and in a perfect world they would trade him for a 7th or 8th inning guy who can get the ball to Ryan Helsley. They, they're definitely going to trade him. It's just, you know, are you going to get a prospect? Are you going to get a low-level reliever? Or can you get a, you know, a, a a named guy who has a proven past who can who can help you get the ball to Ryan Helsley at the end of the game? I gather by what you
2: are saying that you do not expect what Cardinal fans would consider to be fireworks between now and the time you uh, check out from your Nashville hotel. <laughs>
1: I don't think so. No, I think it's. I think today's going to be quiet. Uh, you know, they're going to continue talking to agents. Um, uh, there, there's a guy that with the Astros last year. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard the rumors. You know, uh, Phil Mayton. He went to. He's from Chat, uh, Chapman, uh, Illinois. Um, you know, an hour and a half from St. Louis. He's born in Paducah, Kentucky. He's pitched really well for the uh, for the Astros last couple of years. I think he had the number one hard hit rate in baseball. He had the lowest uh, exit velocity in baseball. So he's, he's a guy who gives them swing and miss. That could happen today. You know, that's not the level of the Dylan Cease and the Tyler Glasnells that, that Cardinal fans want to hear. But there could be, a you know, a lower-level move coming to, to add a bullpen arm later today. But I wouldn't expect fireworks. A lot of buzz uh, regarding
2: the Yankees and Juan Soto. What are you hearing regarding that?
1: Yeah, that one's... Uh, that one's very contentious, and you know, obviously the, the the Padres are asking for the moon, and the Yankees don't want to give it up. And you know, they the, the Yankees are counting on the fact that the, the Padres have to clear payroll, they have to trade Juan Soto, and you know, so it, they're gonna they're they're gonna try to give away as little as possible because they think the Padres are desperate, and you know, the, the Padres are trying to hang on and get as much as they can. So it's kind of a a staring match, you know, between those two now and. Eventually, one one side will cave, and he'll probably be a Yankee. And then it just depends on are they going to give up five prospects or four prospects? You know, so it's it's going to come down to that kind of showdown between the two sides. John Denton with us live at the
2: winter meeting. Say, final thought. I don't know if you had a chance to read what uh, Buster Olney and Ken Rosenthal wrote. Uh, John, but both were outspoken in pieces late, la- not late last night, but last evening uh, regarding the winter meetings, certainly critical of Otani and how it's a missed opportunity for Otani as agent and baseball as a whole to grab headlines that would then lead to people talking about baseball in December at a time where the college football playoff news is over and you're in between NFL games and you're still early in the NBA and NHL seasons uh, that this that with no deadline, that these winter meetings made us come and go without a whole lot of activity, and as you mentioned at the outset of our conversation, that Otani is this domino, and if he doesn't do anything, then nothing will be done in general at the winter meetings of substance. Do you think it would be good for baseball to have some kind of deadline that then increases the action and forces the action, similar to what is seen, in particular, I think, with with the NBA?
1: Yeah, yeah. It would be, but I, you know, I kind of laugh at you know media is basically complaining that hey, we're we're here, we don't have anything to do, do something for us, make our jobs easier. I agree. So, I, ag- you know, I agree not- with
2: that exact assessment. That's what that that's what I feel like this is about.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's media who want something to do, who want to be done with this, who want to, you know stop checking their phone every three seconds and that sort of thing. But you know, yes, it would be great for baseball, but I mean. Shohei Otani's a unicorn, Like We've never had a player like him. We've never had a guy who was the best hitter and the best pitcher in the game. You don't know if he's going to pitch again. Like, all that has to be written into the contract. And and we're talking about the largest contract in baseball history. So, you know, $650 million, that's not just going to happen at the snap of a finger. That's, you know, there are, there are teams that have to get big-time approval from their owners, and you have to write in all these, insurance things in case the guy never pitches again so i mean he's a rare a rare case you know usually you have a top free agent it's it's you know slam dunk you either want him or you don't but there's so much on the line with this guy with you know with the injured arm and how many years can you go and can you give him 650 million can you give him 700 million so it's it's going to be an astronomical number and I, i just think he's kind of a unicorn and that's why it's hit a snag this year Jackson, uh, you have a look of concern
2: on your face.
3: Not concern. I just want to make an amendment. So Cal Hubbard is the only player to be in both. There are two broadcasters who are both have the Ford C. Frick Award and the Pete Rosell Award. That is Al Michaels and Joe's father, Jack Buck.
2: There we go. How about, See? How about that? Yes. Yep. There I think, it is. I think,
1: Joe would, I think Joe would be more honored that he's going in to the same hall with his father. I think that would mean more to him than anything. Oh, you know, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I wondered about Al Michaels. We were talking a little about he called the World Series. He started with the Cincinnati Reds. And, of course, we don't need to go into Jack Buck's biography in St. Louis. Everybody knows about it. Um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 I, I, you, know, you know Johnny's going in. It's just a matter of will it be today. And uh, we will find out in a matter of uh, potentially minutes. John Denton will be covering. You can follow him on Twitter throughout the course of the day and read him as well on MLB.com uh, and getting his perspective on what takes place with the winter meetings and inevitably the Cardinals making a move. It's just a matter of what that move will be and when it will take place for the bullpen and most likely Tyler O'Neill as well. John, always enjoy catching up with you. I know you're super busy down there, and uh, we appreciate you uh, fitting us into your schedule. Thank you so much for your time, John. Appreciate it, man.
1: Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm headed to a gym tomorrow to work out with Sonny Gray, so you guys got say your prayers for me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can't awesome. wait to read that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: nice. Thanks, <laughs> John. Thanks, John. All right,
2: take care, guys. Thanks. Uh, John Denton with us live from Nashville. Your thoughts are welcome. 314 646 Got the YouTube chat going as well. Tiny P's in there holding it down. I can imagine? I thought that it might be weird that there are only the, the – the. Cal Hubbard was the
3: only guy in there. So when I looked it like up, player, so play, it wasn't popping up for broadcasters, So I had to like literally go in and look at every single winner from Frick and or the Roselle Award and backtrack oh, wow. it. Wow! And so uh yeah, and Jim Nance is in both the Football Hall of Fame and the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah. I assume I don't know if golf has a Hall of Fame or centralized Hall of Fame. Well, it does. And I he assume he's not as attention.
2: well. Yes, I mean, if he isn't, he will be. So yeah, right. Joe in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, so that announcement will be coming your way, it sounds like, at 11 o'clock. And BK and Ferrari will have that if we do not have it uh, by the time we get out of here. Second half of the program coming your way. It's Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location
1: near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
3: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back to One Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. The program is presented to you by Morgan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. Jackson, fresh off of a conversation with John Denton from the MLB Winter Meetings. Uh, Doesn't sound like he's expecting much from the Cardinals.
3: Didn't seem like it to me, Tim.
2: (sighs) I'm pausing in thought. And I'm wanting to Attempt to convey this effectively. I think the quickness with which the Cardinals signed Lynn Gibson and then Gray gave people, myself included, the belief watch this though, nay mm. hope. Mm. That, therefore, there had to have been a plan because you couldn't possibly be going, well, Lynn and Gibson, along with Mats and Michaelis, were good to go right. once you have Sonny Gray. And it's so early that they must be setting up to do something else. Now, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't happen. But when I hear from John Denton, the familiar December refrain of maybe this will free the Cardinals up to do something when the trade deadline rolls around. Mm. I feel like I'm living in some kind of circle because we talk about in July. Well, now the Cardinals will be freed up to do something in the off season, the off season roll. Now the Cardinals will be freed up to do something at the trade deadline. Then the trade deadline rolls around and now the Cardinals will be free to do something in the off season. Do you see what I'm saying? Kicking the can down the road with that said, I understand if indeed the whole strategy is let's not get ourselves overcommitted to years. I like that. I know I've said that ad nauseum on the show, but that, that that is where I am. And it's like a campaign stop. I keep hitting what I really feel and want to drive that home. But also what I recognize is that's not what the fan base is thinking because the fan base is going. He won 71 games last year. Paul Goldschmidt's in his final year and Nolan Arenado is heading towards, you know, if this were a round of golf, the 14th or 15th hole, let's capitalize on this. You got some money off the books. Let's go. And, yeah, they can point at Sonny Gray, but you also have to go, okay, but Sonny Gray won't be able to pitch 120 games. How are you going to get? And it's just, if the mindset is, well, this is good enough to win the Central, because you go the pirates are going to pirate, and what by, by just a brief aside, just a brief aside. I don't know what the pirates do sometimes. I recall what, they did it with former Cardinal Matt Morris, who was a great pitcher with the Cardinals, but then he was on his way out of the game, and he's got a, he's owed a bunch of money, and then he just winds up going to Pittsburgh, and they take him on, and they did the same thing with Chris Archer, yeah. And and now they're doing with Marco Gonzalez, who's owed a bunch of money. I'm going, what? You know, what are they doing? Yeah, like right. it strikes me as so obvious that you go, yeah, we're just, you know, we're gonna, we try to get our younger players' experience as opposed to. Is there anybody in Pittsburgh this morning going? Hey, I know the Steelers and Penguins have some things going on, but did you see the Marco <laughs> Gonzalez news? Fire that. What are they doing? Digressing. Along those same lines, for Cardinal fans, you know, I, the Lynn and Gibson thing, that doesn't get people fired up. And I'm not saying you make moves just to get people fired up. Let's just look at it from a baseball standpoint. Are you really going, okay, now this team is ready to go? I just thought, okay, they've protected their floor, and therefore that allows them to be aggressive without having to be irresponsible.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's a great place to be. Yeah, You know, not going, okay, we're still needing to fill our three spots oh, crap, we now are going to have to get, and this agent knows that we have to sign somebody, so now all of a sudden we're going to overpay for someone. So I like that, if that's the case. But if this is indeed the end of the starting rotation acquisitions for the offseason, and it's still early in the offseason, but you just heard what John Denton had to say live from the winter meetings that he does not think they are going to add to the starting rotation, then that would be, that part would be really... Disappointing, I think for a lot of fans for me individually, I didn't think next year was, I wasn't holding out hope for next year. Kind of like how I went into the blue season this year. Something happens. It's a windfall, but I think for the fan base, Ooh, people are gonna be pissed. And by the way, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand it. Um, so as I'm reading texts and as, and as John Denton's talking, people are not happy with what they're hearing. Um, but maybe they're like reversing their strategy. They're talking about Tyler O'Neill openly, something that they would never do, and they're hinting that they're done with the starting staff. When in reality, they are really aggressively. To me, it just strikes me as it makes so much sense to use the, again. I'm not saying that they have a, a superfluous A-list players, but they do have some opportunity to trade from a perceived surplus. To bring in a starter for a pitcher like Glass now would be one year. I just think that it makes sense, and you've protected your floor. That if Glass now runs into his traditional injury issues, you do have guys who eat innings, who might not be superstars, but who eat innings, who can get you through that, and then allows you to go more aggressive on a one-year pitcher. It just that that strikes me as making sense. Mm-hmm. But maybe because it makes sense, it won't happen. Your thoughts are welcome. Three one four three nine 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 six four six. Balloon party. One one Welcome back to Party 101 ESPN. Final segment. Jackson Burkett is ready with a question from the Wide Birth Wednesday. John Denton with us earlier. Uh, if you missed it, uh, you can podcast Ops Tire and Auto Center's podcast. You can join in the YouTube Fun and Games YouTube studio cameras brought to you by the Air Alliance team. Jackson, what is this question that you have? I mean, you got you got six there. You get to pick your very best.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I need to also further amend my oh. baseball Hall of Fame Football Hall of Fame. Jackson
2: is issuing an apology to the audience.
3: Yeah, so I said Al Michaels and Jack Buck are both in. That is true. They are both in both Hall of Fames. Also in both Hall of Fames, Dick Enberg and also Kirk Gowdy are in both. So f- there's four total broadcasters from I've seen that are in both Hall of Fames. Got it. Got it. So there is a precedent sent there, but Joe would be a, in a very elite fraternity of broadcasters, including his father. All right. Uh, I mean, I, have, I have a blues question, Tim. Wow. Yeah. Very off-brand. I feel like if I ever want to ask... Blues and Golden Knights pregame, 7 p.m. here at 101 ESPN. Puck drop, 8
2: p.m. for a
3: home game. How do you do? Yeah. You know, you, you talk about one for us, one for them. Mm-hmm. This is one for them. Look at so you. Hopefully tomorrow I've earned enough equity to ask one for me. Okay. Because I have one for me.
2: we talking about the Lakers in-season tournament went over the Suns tomorrow.
3: It does have to do with the in-season tournament, but I'll wait on that okay. one. I just got better at teasing. We know the Oilers had interest in Jordan Binnington earlier this season, much to the surprise of Blues fans and media alike. Now that the Blues are in this funky spot where they are both a good team and a bad team, depending on the night, do you think the Blues would ever consider moving Binner, or do you think old number 50 is a key element of this retool-slash-rebuild?
2: The way you phrased it allows me to say yes, but if you were then to include... This season, I would say I would be surprised. So okay. yes, I think at some point they may, but as of right now, I don't think that's the direction that they would go. Um, you had a unique set of circumstances with what was going on in Edmonton, mm-hmm. and just the Oilers go, okay, we need this. This got off the rails here. We thought we were going to make a run at the Cup this year, and we've got a dumpster fire. They fire the coach, and uh, and so that has quieted down to an extent in his play. You know, I mean, if the Blues were carrying the record of the Golden Knights, I think people would be going, it's Vesna season here. <laughs> um, so, I don't, I'd be surprised by that because when you have somebody playing at that level and you also have something that, you know, I know it's, and I'm not doing this to mock your, you know, lack of knowledge on on hockey, seriously, but Blues fans and that particular position, you know, I mean, star-crossed lovers for, take your pick of any postseason nightmare, usually a Blues goalie is involved in it, whether it be getting run by the opposition or, you know, Owen Nolan beating him from the parking lot in Game 7 with Roman Turek, uh, you know, the John Casey thing with Iserman. It's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm leaving. I mean, the Ryan Miller trade. Everybody thought that was going to be the solution, and then you saw what wound up happening there against the Blackhawks. And I'm sure I'm leaving out probably ten that other Blues fans are screaming names as I go through this. So when you feel like you got somebody who has done it, and even in a series that they didn't win, but the moment in that series against the Avalanche, who of course went on to win the Stanley Cup two seasons ago was when Kadri ran Bennington mm-hmm. or whatever may have happened. And keep in mind, when that series against the Wild, before they played the Avalanche started, he wasn't the starter. Right. You know? It was Vili That's correct. So look at you. You just had a very proud smile on your face. I knew that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that once you've done it, and once the fan base knows you've done it, at ease. But then once the coaching staff knows you've done it, God, I mean, so few people in the world of hockey have ever won a Stanley Cup. And to know you can do it, even if you weren't necessarily informed going in in April, that you can find it like he did. And who knows what happens in that series against the Avalanche? Who knows what happens that season for the Blues if he doesn't get hurt? Uh, that I just think that that's such a valuable commodity that it would really, especially with the way he's playing, that it would really take something special for them to do it. So I don't expect it. By the way, Jeremy Rutherford, who was with us on TMA this morning, and he thought Hofer would get the start. Bennington's going to get the start tonight. So back-to-back against VGK. Really intrigued. I mean, first off, you're playing against the best team in the Western Conference. But to play them, you know, two out of three nights, back-to-back, now Mm -hmm. in St. Louis, 8 p.m. start tonight, 7 p.m. pregame here on 101 ESPN. You know the Blues are going to make their adjustments, but you know Vegas is going to make their adjustments and see how it can Bennington duplicate that. I mean, it'd be very difficult to duplicate that considering how great that first period was. But if you can beat that team, and if this team can can do that, it can be a springboard. Um, you know, you got a you back-to-back on the road in Columbus and Chicago this weekend, but then three at home, wingy-wingy, uh, and uh, Ottawa Senators coming to town. Uh, so the Blues you know, have a real opportunity here, and this is one that I, I'm intrigued to see tonight. Logic would dictate Vegas wins it. I like Craig Berube going with Bennington tonight um, and seeing if he can follow suit on what was a ridiculous performance. I mean, that was a guy taking two points out of Las Vegas on Monday night.
3: Love it. Love it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I I asked the question because I saw something about that in The Athletic. Okay. You know, I didn't come well, up with no, that. No, feel free. Oh, no. Nah, I wouldn't. Uh, obviously, franchise goalies, including, and then you put the asterisk on, who's also won a Stanley Cup, don't grow on trees. If you got one of those, they better be offering up the farm if they want to get them. So,
2: I agree. Uh, a couple of pieces of baseball news. I mean, what constitute news? constitutes news at these winter meetings, Ken Rosenthal. Uh, significant development on Yamamoto. Mets owner Steve Cohen flew to Japan last week to meet with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. thought his whole deal was after the Verlander-Scherzer debacle that they were going to wait until 2026 to compete. And that's what he told Scherzer. And then Scherzer goes, okay, we're going to... So now he flies to Japan and I guess he's getting ready five months later to go, let's go get him again. When you're like the richest so owner in saying, baseball. That's the thing. It's the thing with this. The The... the, the all running it's 10:59 i can't get into this but i mean you have you have some baseball teams like the padres yep. potentially the cardinals even though the cardinals optically might be like hey look we just were very aggressive and then they're like okay we got to shut it down pull it because of the television situation if you have a guy who just has so much money that losing 100 million dollars to him but becoming the god of queens new york by bringing the mets their first world series title since 86 is worth it to him and his legacy you can't stop that and so, OK, I just lost 80 million on Scherzer and Verlander, but I'm going to go give 300 million to Yamamoto and I'll fly over to Tokyo to try to make it happen. And then in addition, John Morosi, Shohei Otani is expected to decide on his destination before the end of the weekend. So there you go. So there's two pieces of baseball news just coming out here in the last few minutes. Time for us to go. Can Ferrari up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McCurney. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Manganas, Burkhardt, and Toyota on 101 ESPN.
0: You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.